Thanks for joining me and be sure to check out the podcast on social media. Talk to y'all soon. Bye. Hey everybody, this is Laura and welcome to Lawless Amateur Whining. Um, I'm actually on time recording this week. Holy shit. Uh, (laughs) um, I did (laughs) jot down a few things. My life's been, um, kind of crazy, like busy this week. Um, I actually did a home sleep study last night and work has been really crazy. So I haven't been venturing out super far into brand new things territory. I've been sort of sticking with like, um, just sort of TV shows that I've seen a thousand times, you know, sort of like, I guess you would call them comfort shows. And I know it's super cheesy, but um, I love that show, The Closer, that was on, I don't know, 15 years ago. I really love the first season. It's my favorite. And I've rewatched it <laughs> probably a thousand times. Like, I know it word for word now. So I've been watching that a lot in the background. It's um, it's on HBO if you want to watch, like, a really old murder TV show with Kara Sedgwick and um, J.K. Simmons. It's super cheesy. I get it. I know. It's not like the best show in the world, but, you know, it's kind of nice to put on in the background, you know, where, of course, they solve the crime. Very law and order. You know, it's wrapped up nice with a bow at the end of every episode. So it's nice. So besides that, I've only watched a few things. Um, I I discovered that Snapped is streaming on Paramount Plus and um, it's pure. Paramount Plus? No, no, no. It's Peacock. It's Peacock. I'm sorry. It's not Paramount Plus. It's Peacock. And uh, I, like every other female, am obsessed with the show Snapped. I was watching it from the very beginning when it first started. You know, they have the same person who starts out like every episode starts out the same way. Born in 1981 in Lawrenceville, Georgia, kind of a thing. It's the same voice every time. I love it. It's like, and once again, this is like a comfort show where you can just put it on and ignore it or play on your phone. And it's just sort of background noise. A lot of the stories I've actually heard um, on the ID channel, like from separate episodes that they've done. But occasionally they'll have a new one, which is kind of cool. And there's so many seasons on Peacock. You can just like literally sit and watch Snapped in a marathon for a week. And um, so I've actually seen a couple of episodes I'd never seen before because um, we we do this streaming channel like um, it's like an AT&T channel and um, Oxygen hasn't been on there for a long time. So we haven't had Oxygen streaming for a long time. So I haven't seen a lot of Oxygen shows in I can't remember when. So I kind of lost touch with Snapped for a couple of seasons. So this has been pretty awesome to be able to sit and watch it again. Um, (laughs) So I only have three things that I wanted to talk about this week. I know it's kind of a drag. Usually I have like a whole list and I'm like super prepared, but I felt really hurried to put this together. Um, And like, I don't even feel like I'm super prepared for it. So uh, (laughs) this may be like the shortest episode ever. I mean, I think I've been talking for like two or three minutes already, and I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm halfway through. So, um, I 
started this uh, show on Netflix, and it's a South Korean horror series called All of Us Are Dead. I always get recommended like these zombie um, TV shows and movies, and I'm sort of like meh in the zombie world. I mean, zombies were cool like, what, 15 years ago when there was that big surge of like Dawn of the Dead and like 28 Days Later and like all this bullshit, you know, back when zombies are like freaky fast and, you know, like they're seriously scary as shit. But now I feel like over the last decade, it's just been played out and it's kind of boring. And they've done like the Resident Evil zombies. There's like a thousand different zombie things. How many different ways can you do a zombie? Really? I mean, that that um, I can't remember the name of it now, but there was that movie on Netflix last year um, that had Dave Bautista in it where like zombies had taken over Las Vegas. It was it was a crap movie. OK, it was crappy, but it was like one of those things. If you go into it with literally zero expectations, like like pretend you're watching a movie with The Rock. So, like, no expectations, just expect it's going to be really shitty. It's kind of amusing. And it'll take up a couple of hours, and you might laugh once or twice, and it's usually in how cheesy it is. But I don't know. So I I was sort of like, zombies, really? Um, But, like, okay, we'll give it a whirl. So we watched one episode. My husband and I watched one episode. And... I haven't watched any more, but I like I was interested enough in it that I'll probably pick it back up this weekend when I have time to actually sit and pay attention to it. Um, I didn't I looked up the cast because um, I, I wasn't like none of the faces really jumped out at me. I was like, I don't really recognize these people from anything else that I've seen recently. But actually, one of the girls who obviously looks completely different, um, she was one of the players in Squid Game. So if you saw Squid Game and they all like went, they didn't really go by names. They went by like their player number. So she was player number 240 and she was the one. Okay. Do you remember they played the marbles game in Squid Game and the girl who I can't remember her name now either. She, she's like a model in real life. And she was the one that got like almost to the end. Like she was in the top three or whatever. She's like a gorgeous, tall, beautiful model. And even though they tried to make her look kind of like skeevy and dirty in the TV show, like she was still like the most beautiful one there. Okay, so she plays a marble game with another girl. And the other girl sort of like doesn't really have anything to live for. She's just sort of participating in this and just trying to do or just trying not to die, basically. And during the marbles game, um, the other player the model girl is um, like they, they start sort of telling their backstories and she talks about how she wants to like save her brother. And I guess he's like in a foster system or whatever. So the other girl player 240 sacrifices herself so that this other girl can go because she actually has somebody on the outside that she needs to live for and take care of and could really use this money. So, that girl, player 240, her name is, I hope I pronounce this right. It's Lee Yumi. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. I didn't like hear it pronounced. I just saw it written down. So like I, 
I'm trying my best with what I'm with what I've got. Um, so she is in this show. All of us are dead. So basically this TV show. So it's set in South Korea. Right. And it's about a bunch of teenagers and uh, one of their teachers. He's a science teacher. One of his I guess like his only child, his son is getting bullied at school and they don't you're sort of like given this information over time. So like you're, you're shown his son who's getting bullied and like his son starts to like tweak out a little bit and starts like freaking out and starts trying to attack people. And what you find out like a little bit further in the first episode is that because his son was being bullied, this science teacher tried to create like a serum or like some sort of, antidote or so whatever it whatever you want to call it to make him be stronger but instead it sort of made him crazy and turned him into a zombie and uh so you don't like find out what happens to his son like after it's determined that he's a zombie and then it's like cut to the school and um so i guess he's trying to find an antidote or whatever for his son in, in this first episode. So he's got a hamster in his office that's clearly got the zombie disease. And um, a schoolgirl wanders in, like she sees the hamster or whatever. And of course, like everybody, if you see a little tiny fluffy animal, you want to go pet it. So she goes to pet it. And of course it bites her. And the teacher was like, oh shit. So instead of like killing her, he just ties her up. And now he's going to like, use her as the new guinea pig to like try things on except she like the illness starts accelerating to the point where she gets so strong that she's able to break out of the handcuffs that he's got her locked into the office and she escapes into the school and she starts biting people and now other people in the school are starting to turn into zombies so at the end of this first episode and there's like all this other shit going on too there's like um, these bullies who are like sexually assaulting a, a girl. There's another girl who um, is like in the back of the classroom, like not talking. And she's like, says she's sick and just sort of like walks out of the school. And you don't really know what's going on with her. Um, there's like two kids, like a, a guy and a girl who are neighbors. And it's like kind of one of those, like, do they like each other? But the girl likes this popular guy and wants to like date him. But maybe she sort of likes the neighbor because they grew up together there. You know, there's like all these other little stories going on to the side. So it's almost like a teenage drama, but with zombies. And because it's, you know, a Korean horror movie, it's amazing. And it's like got serious gore and it's very intense and there's so much action. Um, like if you saw that movie Train to Busan, it's like it's pretty amazing like that. I think they like say something. They reference that actually in the trailer for this. I, I feel like I've heard that somewhere related to this. I don't know if I just made that up or I heard it somewhere. So we only like watched one episode because it's one of those things. It's kind of hard to watch it because <laughs> like my kids are not old enough to watch zombie things and they'll sort of like wander into the room and you're like, oh, shit. And you're like trying to pause it real fast. Like, oh, it's just somebody getting their face bitten off. No big deal. Just look over here. 
Um, but yeah, like I was interested enough that I would keep going. I, th- I feel like there was like six or eight episodes. It didn't seem like a whole lot, but I think they're about an hour long. So something to watch if you're interested in zombies or, you know, you want to watch people get horribly mutilated after being bullied. Um, yeah, it's kind of emotionally intense. And then um, yesterday I watched this show. It's called The Times Square Killer on Netflix. So it's about this serial killer. And um, he's actually, so he's still alive. His name is Richard Cottingham. And uh, he he was born in New York, but then his family moved to New Jersey. And I think it was like right over the New York line. And he like grew up there. He got married in like 1970. But before he got married in 1967, he totally mur- murdered this lady in New Jersey. So he like by the time he got married, he was already a murderer. So he marries this lady. They have like three kids. And apparently she's got no idea that she's married to a murderer, which like this kind of stuff is like crazy to me because it seems to happen a lot. And I'm always like, what is it about this woman? Like you murder all these other women and you have no problems assaulting all these women. What's the deal with this woman that you aren't assaulting or murdering her like she's your wife? But like she's still a woman and you clearly have a lot of hatred towards women. So, like, I would love to crack that psychological, (laughs) like, craziness where they have no problems just going out on the street and, like, murdering someone, but then they can come home and sleep next to their wife. And, like, how do you come to terms with that if you're the wife, that your husband gets convicted of murdering a whole bunch of women and you're like, yeah, I've been sleeping next to him for, like, decades and, yeah, he never murdered me. I mean, sometimes it does come out that, you know, they were assaulted or like, you know, mistreated or whatever. But I don't know. It just it seems like a lot of times the women are sort of I don't want to say naive, but they're sort of like, oh, I had no idea like that was going on. So I guess that's what happened this time. But um, I think he was divorced before he got arrested. So he managed to get married and have three kids. But meanwhile, he's like murdering and assaulting women. Um, he did primarily focus on sex workers, which, um, I mean, I'm not an expert on New York city because I was born and raised in Georgia, which is pretty goddamn far away. And, um, so I, I don't know a whole lot about New York. I do know that it was a total shithole, like in the seventies and eighties until it got cleaned up, like in the nineties. Um, And there was just, like, pornography and sex workers and, like, literally live sex shows going on in Times Square that you could just walk in and check out and video stores. And it was just, like, a completely different universe than it is now. Now it's, like, the tourist trap. And, I mean, I've been to New York City, like, twice, I guess. And, of course, like, we've gone to Times Square and it's just bright lights and like crazy fun stores that you want to go to. And you would have no idea that a couple decades ago, this was literally just like sex worker central. Um, But you know, it was super easy to go. I mean, so you think like back then there was no like cell phones, there was no, you know, way to get in touch with somebody. You didn't have, like if you were just dropped off on a seedy corner, it wasn't like you could just give somebody a call and be like, um, help. (laughs) I need a lift. Um, 
it was such a different world. And not that it's not an extremely dangerous profession now, but it's a way more dangerous profession back then, I think, because like you didn't have phones, you didn't have GPS, you didn't have ways to be found. And there were so many girls that would just like come to New York and I'm going to be famous and they would get off the bus. And I don't know if you've ever seen the TV show, The Deuce. They talk about it, you know, in there, how like, you know, these small town girls would just come to New York and get off the bus and there'd be like a pimp or a trafficker just sort of waiting like, oh, here, let me help you out. And then, you know, the next day they're out, you know, tricking. So this guy, Richard Cottingham's focusing on sex workers because uh, a lot of times they're, you know, they're not going to go to the police because who's going to believe them? They're a sex worker. The Johns were not getting arrested. It was never the Johns getting arrested. It was always the girls who were getting caught and like they're doing the bad thing, quote unquote. But it's like the guy is literally just as culpable. He's literally participating. He's the other half of this situation. So why isn't he getting in trouble? It's just... It's really frustrating and it's hard for me to wrap my brain around these sorts of things. You know, I I could probably stand on a soapbox and rant about it for the longest time. Like why guys always get passes on this shit and why it's always women who are, you know, they're the victims. But, you know, we're supposed to come like, you know, be mad at them for doing this job that they got pushed into or they had no other choice to earn money. Uh, right. Like, you know, this is their fault. They're asking for it sort of thing. Right. So, uh, in 19, the, the show on Netflix, it starts out like in 1979, there's a hotel called the travel in motor hotel, um, near times square. And I Googled it and it seems like the hotel is still there. I couldn't confirm, like there was, (laughs) there's no like official website or whatever for this hotel. You know, like most hotels, you can click on it and you can kind of figure out like, oh, it's been around since 1950. You know, you think of like a historic hotel would be sure to put that on their website. Like, look how long we've been around. Like, you definitely want to stay with us. But I guess if there were like sex workers decapitated and set on fire in your hotel, you maybe don't want to advertise that. So that's exactly what happened. There's this travel in motor hotel and the police are called. And so the fire part fire department shows up to put the fire out and they go to like do, I guess, CPR because there's victims in the room and they realize like the victims don't have heads or hands. So obviously the police are brought in. They were able to identify one of the women. Her name was um, Dita Gudarzi. I think I'm saying that right. She was like in her early 20s and she was working as a sex worker but the other woman, like, to this day is still unidentified. And they they said she was a teenager, but I don't know if they were able to confirm she was a teenager or maybe she was just, like, the size of a teenager. But usually if you just have, like, a torso body, you can just sort of guesstimate the age. So I'm guessing somewhere between teenager and young adult who's still never been identified. And... um there were like really awful signs of torture where there was like, there were like slices down their back, 
obviously they were decapitated and they were able to sh- like prove that one of the women died a lot sooner than the other one. So basically one of them had to like, I guess, listen to what was going on to the other one, which sounds horrific also. And, um, but he wasn't convicted for that until later. They didn't put that together until later. So, um, like in between all this time, he's still like attacking women and like sexually assaulting women and killing women, la la la. Well, so in 1980, he picks up this girl, Leslie and Odell, and, um, he gets her like he says he's gonna help her right like I'm gonna help you get out of this life but first I want to have sex with you of course right right of course like he doesn't just want to help her who would just want you know who's picking up a sex worker to just quote-unquote help him in 1980 so he gets her back to a hotel and like handcuffs her and starts torturing her and she's able to like scream And get the attention, like, somebody comes and, like, knocks on the door of the hotel. So, I guess, they they explained it on the show, but it's basically, like, they, he he opened the door, like, just enough so that she could kind of be like, oh, no, I'm fine, look, I'm fine. And, um, but she sort of made, like, a motion, like, a help me motion, or, like, a some shit's going down sort of motion. So... Whoever knocked on the door to see if everything was quote unquote okay called the police. So the police show up and (laughs) I guess they were going to let him go or they were sort of like, oh, you know, this is just a sex romp gone wrong. But then they realize he's got like duct tape with him and like handcuffs with him and like some torture devices with him. And they're like, oh, well, this is weird because a girl was found dead here last month. And then they start putting things together like, oh, well. Maybe this guy isn't, you know, such a church-going, nice guy just here to help out sex workers but have sex with them first. And um, so they arrest him. He ends up confessing to, like, a whole bunch of murders. Like, okay, so he was convicted officially for eight victims. He has 11 known victims. Like, three he admitted to, but... He only admitted to them if he wasn't going to be prosecuted for him, which I don't understand why, because like he's never getting out of jail. He's like in his 70s and he he got something like 200 years for what he was convicted of. So he's not it's not like he's getting out. So like, what's the like, why can't we convict you? Why can't we convict you even more? But um, so he's confessed to 11. But then they had a reporter on this show who said she interviewed him and he boasted that he had, he'd killed something like 80 girls that maybe have either never been identified that have maybe never been found that have maybe been found, but were just like Jane Doe's sex worker, just throw them away because that's how they were considered. They were just like, like not real people. They were just, you know, essentially trash to the police that were finding them. So even to this day, they don't know how many people he actually killed. They don't know all the names of the victims and they probably will never know all of the people. Who knows if he even knows, you know, it's not like he's picking up the sex worker and like checking out her driver's license and like keeping it, remembering it after like 40, 50 years. 
So like at the end, they had this thing where it was like, um, you know, if you think that one of your relatives could have been murdered by him, call this number. I was like, what the fuck? Like, who is still alive that's watching this show? I mean, like you would think if they were a sex worker back in like the 70s, right alone, they're going to be like my parents' ages. So their parents would have been like my grandparents' ages. Like, my grandparents are going to be watching this show, like, looking for their potentially missing child who could have gone missing from literally anywhere in the country and just hopped a bus to New York. I thought that was a little crazy. What are, what are the chances of that happening? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's one of those, like, I do a lot of genealogy work, and I, I really like to find where people go and where they've migrated to. Uh, I don't have a lot of quote unquote missing family members. Like I'm pretty much able to account for everyone, but I guess if there was some mysterious person who vanished, I might be curious and be like, Hey, maybe, uh, maybe I could be one of those people looking for a relative. Um, it makes me wonder if they go back and get like DNA samples from any of these, uh, like Jane Doe bodies you know maybe that could help solve cases you know I've always wanted to do this like this is sort of my dream job is to be able to like take DNA from a deceased person and create a family tree and figure out who they are in the family tree like that's literally if I win the lottery that's gonna be my dream job forever like I want so badly to do that but I don't have like all the necessary um genealogy accreditation so I can't do it but it's my dream job and I would love to do it I'm obsessed with it (laughs) I love finding people it's so fun anyways I digress so um the only other thing that I watch so like a lot of my real housewives shows are either like ended or like they're mostly through the season and I'm sort of over it like real housewives of orange county is so boring to me this year Real Housewives of New Jersey, so boring to me this year. Like, I just, I'm really not involved in the plot lines of any of these shows. However, Below Deck Sailing Yacht is on every Monday. And I'm totally behind. There was an episode uh, Monday and I didn't watch it. But on Monday, I did watch the episode from last week. So I'm like a week behind. So I have no idea actually what happened. I just watched the episode where Tom was supposed to be on Night Watch And the boat started dragging anchor because the wind was like incredibly strong. And he was like, oh, what? I'm going to go make out with this girl. I'm just going to walk around on the boat. And meanwhile, the boat's literally getting dragged to shore. That's freaking bananas to me. I know a tiny, 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 tiny bit about sailing because my granddad loved sailing. Like their house was full of sailboat things. And they would like go to Australia and like watch the boat races. Like he was super into sailing. So um, I know, (laughs) I know enough to know that that's a really big goddamn deal. And that's not even my job to watch, to be on Anchor Watch. And I know like that's a huge deal, especially at night when everybody's sleeping. Like you are in charge of the safety for your entire crew. Um, So that was fucking bananas. But I love the cast this season, Gabby is, um, she's the new girl, but she's hilarious. I love her. She's awesome. I actually started following her on Instagram. 
I like Daisy. She is a great chief stew. She's so much better than the girl that they had first season who was so annoying with her stupid face and making out with the chef all the time. What I don't get is like why everybody is obsessed with Gary. He looks like the Geico caveman to me. And he's so gross. He's definitely like a dude bro and like a fuck boy. And I don't know if it's because like all these girls are in their 20s or maybe it's because they're on a tiny boat and there's only like four guys to pick from that they can hook up with and they're all single. But I don't know why they choose him. Like, really? You'd rather be with that guy than literally just be by yourself? I don't know. This... Obviously, I have no room to talk. I'm 41 years old. Maybe if I was 20, I could see where there would be some sort of attraction. I don't think he's attractive at all. He gives me the creeping willies. Just like his flirting is cheesy and lame. Like his come on lines are so dumb. There's just nothing appealing about him whatsoever. I wish I could come up with something or find some reason that all these girls keep falling for him. But it's just really tragic. Um, like the only decent guy who comes across on the show is that guy, Colin, uh, who I think he's got a girlfriend like every season and good for him because that way he doesn't like end up hooking up with one of these like poor girls who just desperately needs to get laid. But he actually seems like a nice guy and not like. Not like the nice guy who claims he's a nice guy, but he's actually an asshole and like demands that you hook up with him because he's a nice guy. Like Colin seems like a legit nice person. So he's really fun to watch. I like his commentary because he just makes fun of everybody the whole time. Um, And I like Captain Glenn. He not I mean, obviously, Captain Lee is like my favorite because he reminds me a lot of my granddad. But um. I hate Captain Sandy. I can't even watch her uh, her below deck seasons now. Like she's so off putting. I can't even stand to look at her face. So I'm I'm just sort of I'm just like the Captain Lee seasons and the Captain Glenn seasons. I've heard there's a below deck that's on uh, Peacock now. Like it's only on Peacock, and they're I guess they're sailing around Australia. However, I do not have the paid version of Peacock and I really just cannot give in to pay for yet another streaming service because I've got a thousand of them. We've got like Amazon and Hulu and Disney and HBO and then like our streaming regular television. So I just I I can't fucking do it. I will not pay for another streaming service. It's it's going to kill me. So I just watched the free version of Peacock. So it's not on the free version. I'm sorry. I'm not going to watch it. I'll just hear about it later and I'll read about it in my Bravo groups. And that's about it. So anyways, that's all I've got right now. I'm (laughs) I know I I was like super serious, like I'm going to watch a ton of stuff. But like I really I've been lazy and I haven't watched a lot of new things. But there's there's not really a lot of like new things that are coming out that are like screaming for me to watch them. I have officially put in a request so that I can take off on May 6th from my actual full-time job and I'm going to go see Doctor Strange. So I'm super psyched about that. It's only a few more weeks. 
I guess it's actually, yeah, it's literally a month from today. So yay. And then I'll be really excited to talk about that. And I'll probably talk about all the spoilers before everybody gets a chance to see it. No, 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 that's not true. Because I'll see it on the 6th. And then I won't talk about it until I record that next Wednesday. So people will have an entire weekend to go see Doctor Strange before they listen to my podcast. So that's all I've got. And thanks for sticking with me. And thanks for listening. And hopefully I'll be back with you next week. So I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Thanks for joining me and be sure to check out the podcast on social media. Talk to y'all soon. Bye.